0: Welcome to my first ever podcast, my name is Ryota, and I will be in a podcast starting now on the MLB and NBA um, basketball and baseball um, over uh, professionally and by going through interviews, uh, interviewing players, coaches um, on the game. I'm gonna be analyzing the game, looking at big news, uh, predicting what's gonna be happening in the next season, and all that kind of great stuff that we're gonna. I'm gonna be looking at in this podcast. It's gonna be a monthly podcast, uh, one podcast about baseball and one podcast about basketball. As the podcast continues to grow, I'll be looking at interviewing different players, uh, different coaches, on uh, who may play, who play maybe not at NBA standard but at just the level below and how they came to grow. So, the reason for this podcast is that I want to showcase my opinion, my predictions of basketball and baseball, showing my knowledge um, and showcasing what I could bring and look at on the table. So, in this podcast, I'm on today, we're going to be starting off. By just talking about how preseason is starting up. At the time of this recording is December sixteenth of the twenty twenty, so the preseason has started. Teams have played one, one to around three games. Um, if you're at the Lakers or Clippers, they've already played against each other twice. Uh, in the preseason they're just doing the, they're just doing this so that COVID restrictions but there's less travel because the clippers lakers actually stare still share a stadium up until now um the thing is this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the nba to force the players association to agree with these terms because the players association thought the offseason was way too short after the bubble when the Lakers won the championship and these games against the Heat. Uh, this is the quickest turnaround, approximately 78 days of offseason, which is the shortest offseason that any any league, major league in America has ever actually taken in. So this is something that the players were uh, talking about. However, the NBA would have lost approximately 500 million dollars in uh, revenue because opening day and christmas and there's no there would be no christmas special which would tone down everything um so that would mean players salary cut even more after especially after covid last year when players missed games um and when salary salary cuts were indeed there so this has been a great opportunity for the NBA to restart. It's been a great turnaround. They have some great COVID-19 protocols. Um, it's not a bubble like it was during the, um, during the brief bubble stint there for playoffs and eight regular season games to see what the seeding and who maybe will make the playoffs they're fighting for this fight for eighth seed like Portland did last year in the West. So let's just recap over what happened last year in the bubble. So the Lakers won in six games um, against the Miami Heat who were a surprising um, Finals appearance, uh, this was not expected at all. They Beat the Bucks, not only beat them, but they beat them in a seven-game series four to one They won the they took down
1: the, the Bucks in a
0: very strong manner Three, they won the first three games and then Giannis got injured third game and Chris Milton took over in overtime and they were able to snag game but momentum was all towards the Heat, there was no way that the Heat were going to lose that series and after that they beat the Celtics in six games which was a very exciting series I thought That was well played. It was a great battle. I thought the Celtics put up a great fight. But they couldn't beat that zone defense. They couldn't find a way. There were many plays, though. That one extra pass that they could have made. Because the Celtics are a smart team. They have a great system. They have a great coach in Brad Stevens. They have unselfish players, especially after the acquisition of Kemba Walker, Jason Tatum, Jason Brown. Uh, Jalen Brown, sorry, are rising stars, um, and they've shown signs of greatness in the playoffs already before the season, and they've continued to show it there. Marcus Smart is surprisingly still young, even though it feels like he's been on the Celtics forever. He's still very young, brings lots of energy on the court. Gordon Hayward is able to actually come back in that series. Um, and he's a very unselfish team player, which is one, which is one thing that's undervalued in the NBA now. Um, you see a lot of players that like to go one-on-one and I think, I think that's become undervalued a team player that puts his team first over their own stats, over themselves. They want, they will do anything for a team to win. You know, it's funny actually, Jared Dudley. Spoke about how he would get traded for the Lakers to win. He would, he would accept it and he would let the Lakers trade him um, and would not be mad about it, which is kind of silly. But that's that's extent. That's like the highest extent of team ball you can play. The unselfishness you can play, I guess, and realizing what level you're at as a player. But. The NBA bubble was well run. They had zero COVID cases. They had a few incidents with Daniel House, but that was after Game Four of the semifinals against the Lakers, and they were already down three-one. The Rockets were. Uh, Russell Westbrook had two games where he scored ten points. It was it was a really awful series overall. James Harden couldn't single-handedly carry them over. The overpowered lakers um, lebron james was playing magnificently anthony davis played a great playoffs i would say um, even though the stats may not have always shown it his impact in the game doesn't show up on normal stats you gotta look at advanced stats to see the effectiveness that he plays plus minus is great but it's not always accurate you could say because that plus minus only looks at your map the person you're guarding and the efficiency of your baskets um so if you don't great, you plus minus is is usually great to look at um because you look at stats and you could say that there's a bunch of stat patterns but their actual effectiveness in the game is crazy their defense how they could guard more than one player on the court. I mean, Anthony Davis, after they played the Heat, actually, and uh, after Heat were able to snag game three off a wonderful 40 point performance by Jimmy Butler. They put per- they made some adjustments by putting in Anthony Davis on Jimmy Butler, which would. Which were actually, which is great because I think this is really agile for his uh, build, and they want they want fortune, but their shoot. Uh, so Anthony Davis was able to sag off of him. So there was a lot of Anthony Davis is great overall, um, and we actually going to look at the ESPN top 100 rankings, um, top NBA player rankings, and he um, he actually came in really high, higher than last year. So we're going to be diving into that later. So overall, the bubble last year was a success if we evaluate how the bubble went last year. It was great. I thought um, teams who had a fair chance to get back into the playoffs like Portland, led by a crazy inhuman inhuman performance um, by Damian Lillard to carry the Trailblazers carmelo anthony looked like he was team usa carmelo anthony you know not prime carmelo anthony but team usa in 2016 real hitting is playing a lot more unselfish um he got criticized in okc and houston before that which is why a team for being unselfish but paul george has come out chris paul has come out and said that they he they, he took a step back it was a really hard for him to take that step back and i think that i agree with that kind of statement carmel anthony is even though he has a very high ego his salary was rocket high sky high especially in new york which is why they got rid of him he still was a great shooter um especially for a player like him who's approximately 35 36 around he still is a great shooter. He's going to be a great shooter to come. For example, he's going to continue to be like Dirk Nowitzki, who still could shoot in of his career. Anyway, we just evaluated, looked at some of the bubble kind of points over teams um, in the bubble last season. Now we're going to move on to looking at the, the rankings ESPN gave for top 100 players in the NBA going into the 2020-21-21 season. So, I'm not going to be naming all the 100 players in the rankings there. Um, I'm just going to look at, be looking at the surprises and some of the points that people maybe do not get and people may be surprised by, Um, when social media has become a big part in uh, the whole lifestyle of everyone and it's in politics it's in sports and business social media is make it could possibly either determine who you are um as a person actually um and in sports it is like that so, social media, not everyone's social media is advanced at looking at basketball. If they don't watch the game, they, just, they may just look at the stats. So, right here, you have the ESPN Top 100 ranking. You have Lonzo Ball, who was the second pick of the 2018 NBA draft. Um, ranked 54th overall. And, that's not bad. Um, but, he was ranked over Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, more um fans were livid by that they thought Lonzo Ball was not shouldn't be there Zach Levine should have been hired DeMar DeRozan was snubbed they said 82 so fans were livid they were absolutely even New Orleans fans were confused by this in fact but when you actually they dive in deep into this you're gonna realize that it's not it's not ESPN have their reasons. So, Zach Levine. Zach Levine came in 56, if I'm not mistaken, or he was around that ranking, which is pretty accurate. First of all, he plays for the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls, a team that are in complete rebuild, but still don't have a lot of picks. They do not. Dude, they're on a great place right now. Zach Levine is the best on the team by far, of course. He scored a lot more after that, especially horrific ACL injury that he had. He's still uberly athletic. Uh, you could have you see videos of him dunking. It's absolutely crazy. So he's still at that level. But he plays for team which doesn't have any other offensive weapons. They have Lauren Mark and they have Kobe White. But those guys aren't those guys are younger. They have they don't have the experience. They're not at that level yet. Zach Levine's the only one there at a certain level. Which is why Zach Libyan was ranked fifty sixth because me, under Billy Donovan, you don't know because other players will develop on that team. His role is either gonna diminish because he was taking tons of shots went tons of shots to the Chicago Bull which is not which is not his fault, he had to. That was the only way the Bulls were winning, especially when he had that historic performance. And Charlotte gained the ball, hitting like three after three. Absolutely crazy. So, I think that's accurate for Zach Levine. I think um, maybe he could have been ranked a bit higher, but not higher than Lonzo Ball, which I completely understand, um, which we'll look into a little bit later. So next, another notable name that he was passed of was Demar Derozan. So Demar Derozan used to be former Raptor and then got traded, in a blockbuster deal for Kawhi Leonard, um, which was a deal that Toronto completely won by. They won the championship that year. Demar Derozan was felt completely betrayed by that. But I think this eighty ranking eighty two is is good. I think it's solid. A lot of people may deny that but when you look at DeMar DeRozan he's a great regular he's a pretty good regular season player um, in Toronto he were, He had maybe you can give it to him from 2015 to 2018 he was a great regular season player great he was in action his last year in Toronto he was shooting threes in the regular season let me say that again in the regular season in 2015 2018 was great in the playoffs any year in the playoffs of his career he has been atrocious he doesn't come up in the clutch he can't hit a three which is necessary now he started hitting threes in 2018 but that disappeared in the playoff I don't know what happened there mechanics mentally I don't know he got benched in the fourth quarter in a close game against the Cavs in a playoff game, you cannot. If you're the best on the team, you can't be. You can't be there. that. Imagine benching LeBron James in the fourth quarter in a tight game in the playoffs in an elimination game. Just imagine that. That that's what he, that's what Dwayne treated to Marjorie, and I don't blame him for that. He was liability on defense. Didn't didn't hustle. There was no energy. Mentally, he was broken. Like I'm telling you right now, basketball is half mental. And then half physical, so you, and skill. You can have all the skill. You can be uber athletic. It can be crazy, but you could. If you don't have it mentally, if you don't have it mentally in you, that you're gonna go out and produce, you're not gonna be successful. And, and Demar Derozan's like that. He does have the skill. He's athletic, even right now at this age, he's athletic. But he just not. He just doesn't have it in him to be clutch to come up when it matters most. So 2015, 2018, he was good. He was ranked higher. Since he came to San Antonio, he just kept getting worse. Um, I don't know if it was mental, which it probably was. His stats keep just kept declining, diminishing. His role stayed the same. Like he still got a lot of shots. Offense was run through him, but he can't hit a three pointer. He still couldn't. So, and the three pointer is what gets you around the mid range shot is dead. Um well if not dead, it's dying very quickly. It's been dying. It's not as valued as much as it was before. Um so he can't hit a three. Especially as a shooting guard. It can be really tough for you to stay in this league. Like you can say, Oh, what about Andre Roberson Look at him, he can't hit a three. Yeah, well, he doesn't get much minutes now, does he anymore? And he a defensive specialist with which he fit perfectly with the Thunder. Because the Thunder had two superstars with Paul Jordan Westbrook and Duran at Westbrook. But with DeRozan he, he can't play can't play defense. It's it's sad to see he can't play defense. So Lonzo Ball. Let's go over to Lonzo Ball. He averaged ten point ten points to start and 7 rebounds, 7 assists. That was a rookie season. Second season dealt with a bunch of injuries, so he's going to average 10, 5, 5. So it was a down year, but a lot of injuries to deal with. And then with the Pelicans, 12 points, re- 6 rebounds, 7 assists. It's, it's not flattering stats, but he fixed up his form in the span of offseason which was great. He completely fixed it up. He was hitting threes left and right. He had some great three-point per, per, per performances for three. Um, his his rebounding is great. His size, he's 6'6", and he's 23. He's still developing. He's not, He hasn't gone through a major injury, and he probably won't. His defense is only getting better. Every year, he's always guarding the best point guards, shooting guards, possibly, because his height is at 6'6". He's a great build, averaging seven assists. I'm telling you, the hockey assists that he gets are off the charts. His plus-minus is always high, even though his field goal percentage may be lower sometimes. Plus-minus is high, and then this situation, plus-minuses don't lie, which is why Lonzo Ball, 54th, is absolutely um, great. So, moving on, Zion Williamson, number one pick in 20. Nineteen NBA draft was ranked nineteenth and was ranked above Jamal Murray, who had, who led Denver single-handedly against Utah, scored, bunch of forty-point games, he had 50 point game, and I don't agree with this at all. This was this was silly. Jamal Murray shot the lights out. He proved to NBA that he was a force to be reckoned with. Zion Williamson in the bubble struggled. He. Never showed up in the clutch when he played, and he was injured a lot of the season. And I can't even believe the conversation that it was between him and John Morant. So this is completely, I think, complete nonsense. There's not much to talk about other than this was a complete mis... If you know Jamal Murray, if you saw what he did in the bubble, I think that says it at all. So, moving on to Shea Gildas-Alexander, the next superstar, well, hopeful superstar for Oklahoma City Thunder, ranked thirty-eight. When was Bob Brogdon and uh, Fred VanVleet agreeable? Okay. Um, average, he averaged 19 points, which was at a team high. Six rebounds, three assists, and he also had ball handling duties with Chris Paul and a shooter who are both dominant. Now this season, you have George Hill coming in, who's a playmaker, a uh, Horford, who can set up these players and I think that that'll be it's going to be great for Gilles. Shea Gillespie, Alexander. I think he's going to develop into a great player I think ESPN is seeing that since he's so young he still has opportunity to be to be great and this is going to take that next step so that's one I think ESPN sees that and I think i completely agree with this so we go into top 10 so LeBron number 1 Um, he got like, uh, number 3 last year with injuries this year, Anthony Davis was ranked number two, which was which is understandable. Um, which is alright. Um number three was Yarns, which is understandable. Of course he uh athletic, crazy. Number four, Luka Doncic, who was 16th last year, he is the next great superstar. Um He was the youngest player ever to earn the All-NBA First Team. Um, Doncic played a great bubble, um, especially in in that six-game series against the Clippers. 31 points, 10 rebounds, and 9 assists, and led them to two wins. Especially since he was injured, and Porzingis was injured, I think that's I think that's great. He's gonna be the next. He's gonna win a, couple, a few MVPs. Um, and Kawhi Leonard is ranked fifth. He was ranked second last year, but um, and it's accurate. Kawhi showed up in all the playoffs, um, except for Game Seven against um against the thing. Against that game seven, I don't even, I don't even want to look at that anymore. That game seven has yes, Nuggets was awful. fourteen points. Now, but other than that, he scored a lot of points. He carried the team to where they were. So ranked fifth, I think that's completely, um, yeah, I think that's completely accurate. And he also finished second on a per game basis in wins above replacement player. Uh, metric in the playoffs, which is also pretty good. Next is Kevin Durant, who wasn't ranked last year. Um, he's gonna be on the court after 18 months after suffering Achilles uh, rupture during this final game with the Warriors um, in the NBA Finals against the Raptors. Um, obviously, the Achilles, no player actually comes back fully healthy. Um, or they won't be the same player as they were. Kevin Durant's a different story. He's a great shooter, great score, he has great length. I think this is accurate for now. No one knows. It's very unpredictable to see what he's going to do because analytically, you can't look at that and be like, if you look at it analytically, he's going to be really bad. So I think ESPN put, put, put a great pick there putting faith in Kevin Durant. Um, I think he's going to be back strong and healthy. Now, Damian Lillard is ranked 7th because Steph Curry ranked eight. That is a bit troubling. Curry has been his best shooter of all, all time history. Um the 2019 playoffs he proved it. He didn't really play 2020. Um 2019-2020 season because of injuries. It's understandable though, but he carried he carried the team in the finals. Raptors played a box and won on him, what did you expect? Damian was great. Um we there were times where he uh, he scored a lot of points for that team but I don't think he's above Curry, especially the greatest shooter of all time. And you have James Harden, who was ranked fourth last year and ranked ninth. Um, I agree with this one. He can, he's older this year. Um, I think defense is gonna find a way to adapt to the way he's been playing. Um, The Lakers exposed that in the semifinals last year against the um, the Lakers, He, he, he was exposed by that for the ninth is great. We're going to see what he comes out with, especially to request a trade. He, has, he just showed up training camp and he played his first preseason games to Spurs today as the time of us. And Nikola Jokic, 110th, um, 10th. We agree. Center, great. He he also helped down Karen Lowe against the Clippers. Super effective. He's big. He's slow. But he's smart. Basketball IQ is at a premium now. And he proved to be extremely effective on the court hit three hit the mid-range very crafty shifty just absolutely a great player I think I think uh, number 10 is a great rank for Nikola Jokic, and he's still young so he has tons of time to improve so next on we're gonna move on to the segment of opening day and Christmas day so these two are probably the most anticipated days of the NBA season so far so in opening day there are two games on national television so you have the warriors versus the nets so obviously katie's gonna be playing against his former team in his first official nba game regular season game back um katie looked good and in the preseason so far, he only played one game. Um, but looks solid. Still hit the shot, dunking, slashing, great. Kyrie Irving. That's a tough one to look at because Kyrie Irving has been very. has been he's been he's been he wants to be leader for a team. He he. What he talks about in the media is usually quite uh utter nonsense. So it's very tough. For a lot of critics to look at Kevin and be like, this guy cannot ch- turn around, he wanted to leave LeBron James, and he said that he was the primary option until Kevin Durant, which hurt LeBron James. He said it in an uh, interview himself uh, publicly. Um, I think that's very foolish. Um, you cannot say Le- LeBron James was on the first off- Any team LeBron James first option. He's the best player in the world. He's been the best player in the world this whole decade, probably. Um, so I I think Kyrie Irving will be turned around though. I get with um like Kevin Durant Steve Nash are a very close relationship. Steve Nash is a great pickup. A lot of people say he isn't. Nick McMillan was in the was in was an option. There are a lot of um, there are a lot of options. But I think Steve Nash was great because of the relationship he had with Kevin Durant and how they trained off season since a good while back, um, so I think that's great. Brooklyn have Joe Harris, who's a great shooter. I think that he's could keep if he could develop a bit more than just a shot, if he could develop a bit more defense, passing, dribbling, a bit more of that other skills. I think he's gonna be great. Develop just one dribble shot, one dribble shot because when defense collapses on him, just needs to fake one dribble, step in, or just to decide that's a shot. So I think that's great. His catch and shoot percentage is off the charts for for, for NBA. It's absolutely fantastic. I think it's going to continue to improve as the defense will be focusing on Kyrie and Durant a lot more. For um, the preseason game, they looked. I, mean, I have to say they looked pretty good. Um, for fourteen, but I don't. We don't know what's going to expect. So they're going into the Warriors who have Curry, Wiggins. Kelly Wade Jr., who actually recently just got engaged, so congratulations to him. Um, but I see the Nets taking this pretty convincingly. Curry, in the preseason game, he's getting back into it. Um, still a great shooter. Um, I think he's a bit rusty, though. Knock off, it's kind of, he's got to knock off the dust. Um, the shooting percentage is just not as high as it was before. Understandably, though, because the whole defense is collapsing on him. If the Warriors were to win, not going to be Curry because he's going to show up. It's going to be on weekends and Uber um, and the rest of the team to, to see what they're going to do. Um, and we don't know if Draymond Green or James Wiseman will be there for opening day. So if not, there's going to be a lot of ifs and that, and I see the Nets taking opening day there. But it won't mean anything because the injuries the Warriors have and Clay Thompson's not even playing anyway. Next is the Clippers versus Lakers, That seems last year's opening day. Um. I see the Lakers taking this pretty handily. LeBron and AD are going to carry the team. The Clippers looked kind of out of sorts. They played their starters in the preseason game. They, I picked them to win last year. They looked pretty sluggish. I don't know what to expect. Um, Paul George, Paul George is going to be a key factor. Kawhi Leonard is going to show up. I think that is a definite. Kawhi Leonard has shown time and time again he only had one one bad game in game seven last year. In the every every other time he showed up in the playoffs. He carried the team single handedly Scoring tons of points. Um playing, guarding the best player on the court, which is usually which is usually the small guard position, but he's gonna be guarding LeBron James, which is a tough task for anybody. So we're going to see how that goes. Um, the thing is the Clippers, they lost Harrell. They, Lakers also got Harrell and Dennis Schroeder. It's going to be tough to see what's going to happen. I think the Lakers are going to ha- win this one pretty handily. I think Anthony Davis is, is going to take over that game because they don't have anyone guard, especially if they play. Especially if the Lakers have a center that's going to play in AD, plays a four position, who's going to guard Anthony Davis um I think Mark Basol is an underrated defender especially in the paint I think his presence along with Anthony Davis is gonna prevent a lot of of the Clippers players to be driving so they're gonna be forced to settle for shots um and which could be good but which probably won't Beverly isn't a great shooter Lou Williams is going to be losing his touch as he is aging and he is declining Shamit just got traded to Brooklyn which is which I thought was a completely awful trade. Um, and Ibaka, he will space the floor, which is good if he plays center. But that's good They're going to be playing small, and that's that, that's going to be tough in general. But I think I think the Lakers. It's going to be it's going to be tough if the Clippers are going to win. If Paul George has a great game, I think the Clip is the only way the Clip is going to win. If Paul George doesn't play a great game, not a good game. I'm talking about a great game. A good game for Paul George be twenty points, but I'm talking about a great game. I want him to, I want to see him twenty eight thirty. Nah, that's a great game because he could play some defense too. So if he could, if he could score twenty eight thirty, um, that that will change a lot. Team's um, gonna collapse on him. I think, I think that's gonna that could potentially change a lot. Anyway, moving on to Christmas Day. This is the. Five game special that we've all been waiting for. Um, I'm glad NBA's doing it again. Where the Knicks aren't playing. Oh. This is um, the Knicks when they play on the Christmas Day because they've been a joke since uh, since that 2012-2013 season when they made the conference finals. Sorry, they made the semifinals actually. They made conference finals. But Christmas Day, no Knicks, so that's good. It's all going to be exciting basketball. So, Pelicans versus Heat is the first game. I think that's a very interesting game. Mm, it's probably these two probably are the weakest teams that are going to playing against each other. Pelicans didn't mean, make the playoffs last year, but they have potential because uh, Brandon Ingram is just going up as he goes. Lonzo Ball, of course, I think. Is gonna turn out to be a lot better. I think he's gonna improve a lot more. in Zion Williamson, they predicted. I, I would say, he's, I don't think he's 19th, as we talked about before, but I think he's gonna be better. He's he's a monster in pain. He's a beast. No, for that size, he's just agile. Just can't even stay healthy till Christmas Day is the question, honestly. Um, Open day's on the 22nd, Christmas day's on the 25th. Um, the Heat uh jane butler they're probably on the full squad except for jay crowder um they lost Derek jones jr the heat i don't see them being the same team as they were last year or they could be i don't if i'm wrong we have to see how duncan Robinson may develop his game along with how tyler hero because second season is usually a tough season for any sports mlb um nba when team because in the rookie they don't know you but they figure you out in the rookie season so hero could make Adjustments from his rookie to his second year to his second year. And he, I think, that he will probably take that game over. So, and then next is the Warriors versus the Bucks, and that's gonna be interesting. I see the Bucks winning again. No, no one on the Warriors could guard Giannis. Um, they don't have anyone. They really don't. Um. He's gonna be unstoppable. He's young. He's healthy. He's gonna be running up and down. I, um, I think Curry, uh, Drew Holiday Curry is pretty good. Um, and Curry, I think they gotta play box one. Even if Curry drops forty, the team's not gonna win. And it was proven in twenty nineteen NBA Finals anyway. So, that is that's probably what is gonna happen. I would play that box one defense if I were a team. I think Nick Nurse exposed the Warriors in that sense, especially when they don't have that next option. So I see the Bucks definitely taking that. Next, the Nets versus Celtics. That's going to be a great matchup. Um Yeah, so it's going to be a great matchup, but the Celtics are going to pull out, I think. I think they're going to pull out the Two. It's going to be I think it'll be a great game. But I think that the Celtics will have extra motivation to beat Kyrie. Um going to get into Kyrie's head, I feel like Kyrie obviously played in Boston on a huge, it was a huge disappointment for the whole, for everyone, um, it just didn't work out, um, bad leadership on Kyrie, I would, I, a lot of people blame Kyrie, I also agree with that, blame Kyrie, for what he did, um, and then next you have Jason Tatum, who's gonna get better, who's gotten better every year. There's no question he's going to be going to a fourth season. Jalen Brown, I think he he he's going to be still great. Marcus Smart still young, he's going to be great. Tristan Thompson's going to help on the rebounding. He's going to shut down Jared Allen because last year they didn't have the Celtics did have that they had. They still have Dice. Um Dice is good too. Um, he's going to he spreads the floor out, which just gives driving lanes even because Katie's probably going to play the four. Um, Unless SDF, they're going to have someone someone else play the 4, but if Katie plays the 4, Celtics are going to have a lot of open lanes to drive, Um, and then Kembez is going to be Kemba. He is consistent, and he pulls up a bit, and you never know when he's going to pull out with 30-35 point performance, because he's that kind of star. He is an all-star, he could pull out with that. So I see the Celtics pulling out with that game, I think they're just going to outplay the Nets in general. Uh, Nets need to figure a few things out too. Next is Mavericks and Lakers, Lakers are going to probably win this game pretty easily. Um, we don't know if Porzingis is going to even play in Christmas Day, so that's already a loss. I I, I don't get why uh, Porzingis is signed to Max Steel by the Mavs, I mean, I know they want to secure him, but, and they're a great duo, but it's tough. Um, I like Por- Porzingis is going to have to be healthy, but he, he probably won't be playing. Luka Doncic will will have uh, probably have a big game like he always has. I could see him winning MVP too, um, as well this season. But Luka Doncic is going to carry the team, but it just won't be enough against LeBron, who's going to guard him, who's going to guard Anthony Davis, those kind of things. Because Kleber is not defensive, but he's a shooter. The, Ma- the Mavs are a smaller team and they are st- more offensive based team. The Lakers are a well balanced big team which will just outsize the, the Mavs and I just think it's going to be a pretty easy one. Next one the Clippers versus Nuggets, the semi finals rematch. That's gonna be fantastic Um, to watch. Um, I see the Clippers winning this one. I'm gonna see, I'm probably gonna see extra motivation by the Clippers to wanna win this game. I think Ibaka is gonna create a different dynamic. Grant isn't on the Nuggets anymore. And he was a big part. He was scoring 20 points in some of those playoff games. You never saw that on OKC. He's developed into a great player. He got paid to Detroit. He got paid this off season. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., he's good, but back problems again, he can shoot, but is he gonna be consistent? We're gonna see what Michael Porter Jr. is gonna bring because he's gonna have a bigger role this season, which he was complaining about last last season in the bubble, but unprofessional unplayer. player. He's learning, but I think the Clippers are gonna pull out. Paul George is gonna score more. Kawhi Leonard is gonna show up. Um, I think there's gonna be energy brought in by the team. The Clippers are gonna be more paired. I don't think it's gonna like a bubble where they were out of shape. Because the Clippers team, they were that they Harold, Lou Williams, who showed up late, who had COVID, who just were out of shape. They didn't, they didn't train the uh, during COVID, during lockdown. So it was, it was unfortunate to see, um, disappointing for the Clippers, which led to firing Doc Rivers, which, which I agree with, even though all people disagree since it was a bubble and players didn't show up. I think it was time for a change. Lu was a good change because if the Clippers got it, got someone else, if it wasn't Ty Lue, it'd be. I think I'd be pretty disappointed. But they got Tyloo. He coached LeBron. He knows what he's doing. He's a champ. In his first season with the Cavs, he won against a team that was predicted to win because they won last. They they beat the Cavs the year before, in six Kings. But this year, they 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 had the record-breaking regular season, winning team and. I just, I just think Ty Lue also played a big part, even though LeBron did, but Ty Lue was coach, not David Black, who was fired in the middle season, which is quite surprising after Now, we're going to move on to early predictions for the East and West winners, um, and we might add in a few to see if uh, maybe some MVPs, uh, awards kind of thing. So my prediction last year was I thought the West in the West the Clippers were gonna come out I thought the Clippers were gonna win the whole thing honestly and they actually could have probably if COVID didn't happen players were players came into a lot of shape Patrick Beverly was not a hundred percent he was eating, I think with a calf injury very ineffective because his defense is what is the only reason why he's on the court some three pointer but he does he can't he play make. Lou Williams came in completely out of shape. He was gassed after five minutes Clippers also had Jim Michael they don't have anymore. Harold six man of the year, but doesn't show up as a six man He doesn't play like six man of the year at all. Not one bit. He does not play like the six man of the year No He played awful He played absolutely awful I don't know what happened there, but it was just bad. He just, he could barely run up and down the court, and it was just, just disappointing. So, I think that was the only championship, uh, I think, chance for the Clippers to win. Paul George didn't, huh, I don't know what happened. He malfunctioned in the playoffs, and then he just signed an extension this offseason, which is surprising, but understandable. I think he'll make up for I think this season, kinetic, he, has, he had an off season. he has an offseason to work this year. He didn't. The year before. He really didn't. He didn't. So, I think this season he'll come out because he had that shoulder surgery. Should have played this season and it was rushed, a bit rushed. So, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it was unfortunate for the Clippers. I think their time has come to that even though Paul George signed that extension. I don't think Kawhi is gonna stay there, honestly. I personally don't see that happening, especially since he left the Raptors after he won finals MVP, which is crazy. And the team that he's not even gonna chip with, I don't think he's gonna be staying, no. So this year, I'm picking, I think, the smart option. Um, not the option that I don't think everyone wants, but this is the, probably the most realistic and smart option, which is the Lakers. The Nuggets are a threat. No one else is really a threat. Um, this year, the Lakers are going to go back. Dane Davis is still in his prime. He probably could be better this year um which is why he was ranked second because he's still young lebron's still going to be effective i i could see this year also like being his last really effective year where he's just single-handedly carrying it um so i don't i don't i don't think lebron's going to decline i think he's going to stay consistent like he did last year um but this will be the last season for him to do that i think harold he's going to be in shape he's going to do something Dennis Schroeder was great for the OKC Thunder last year. He was awesome. He was clutch. He was hitting clutch bucket after clutch bucket. He was able to handle the ball. He could felt this job. Ball handling. He was quick. He's shifty. And he is young. Um, it was a great trade. in they lost it. Danny Green. They lost some defense. It was a great trade for Lakers. This guy is going to be a great ball handler. Great creator for Lakers, especially when LeBron and AD. Maybe on the bench um i think dennis shooter is perfect for this lakers team even though he's a bit undersized perfect this was a great it was an excellent takeoff for this team just absolutely great so, the Lakers were probably going to win, um, they got Marcus. underrated like I said before, underrated in the paint, just underrated, especially if they want to play a slower type of game, which might be smarter, um, since they're, they're really, because it's LeBron, AD, and Marcus play at, play at the same time, that's a really big team, LeBron playing 3, AD playing 4, we could play 5, LeBron who not he could play a natural 4. But Marcus Gasol playing the five. That is a very scary big lineup. They could play a lot slower. They could play a lot smarter. They could run offensive, half-court offensive set, which Frank Vogel might implement since he has the option now to run run the play through a center who's smart and who can pass with a very high basketball IQ. I think Frank Vogel is going to... I think Frank Vogel should implement a slower-paced game now, especially on his age. And obviously with a short and offseason because they had, a pretty, they had the longest playoff run um but i think i think that is great i think i think we're gonna see we're gonna witness some some pretty great things by lakers this season once again so next um we're gonna look at the eastern conference so last year i picked the bucks which was probably the majority option but miami came in um one and four. I the took the series four and one. Dominant series win. Um, I don't know how that happened. Like in the regular season, the Heat did beat the Bucks. If anyone would beat the Bucks, it was to be Miami. I just didn't see Tyler Hero, and I no one saw Duncan Robinson coming. So he was surprised that season um, Bam Adebayo is a great presence and he's proved it time and time again the paint I think he shut down. He's a great factor in shutting down Giannis um, and Jay Crowder Jay Crowder played a really underrated um, efficiency and effectiveness on defense um, He's big and strong. He's, he's really big and strong. He, um, and he's, He has a great three-point shot so his effectiveness on offense and defense was great. He wasn't a liability like people would have thought he was. Um, I personally thought he was a liability, but when you looked at when I looked at the playoff games, he was not he was a great defensive key factor, slowing Giannis down. They're just outplayed completely. But he who play a lot better, coached coach a lot better, that zone defense. I don't get how a team could adapt to that. Um, The Celtics were so close. They were really close. They could just. They had so many possessions for just one extra pass. Just one extra pass. They would have destroyed that heat zone if they had just made those one extra passes. But they didn't. Can't do much anymore. The Lakers just killed it because of their size. It's. That was spectacular. But I think this year. Um, the Nets will be making it. The Miami won't make it again. I don't think so. Um, like I said, Tyler Hero is probably going to be down here. That's what every rookie goes through in the second season. I'm not saying Tyler Hero is a boss. I'm just saying this is going to go through the typical second year phase. That any young player goes through in their career. Well, typically. No. Every. There are special cases. But, um, I see the Nets making it. I don't. People say, saying, oh, Kyrie's ego. Okay. You can say, you can talk about Kyrie's ego, but he's with Kevin Durant, who he's clearly said that Kevin Durant, he would give the ball to Kevin Durant, he never said it to anyone else. Taking a step back, he's matured a bit, it's about time. But if anyone's going to control Tyree Irving and who's going to get him on the right page it's everyone else on the team, it's going to be Steve Nash and Kevin Durant because Steve Nash and Kevin Durant are really close. Um... Kevin Durant and Kyrie also talked about coming together, meaning that there is 100% agreement on what's going on. When Kyrie was in Cleveland, he didn't 100% sign up with LeBron. What's more, the Cavs were like, we want LeBron, we're going to get him. Kyrie never said he wanted him, like, great, but he never said, I want to get LeBron. That wasn't his goal. Next, in Boston, did he want to be the man, it was Tatum, it was Horford, which is great. Horford played great in Boston and then when he went to Philadelphia got that huge pay cute got that huge pay um great contract. But um he's aging ineffective last season with the seventy six and he got trades OKC who took on a crazy dump. But it was worth it for OKC. But yeah, this year the Nets, I see them taking over. They might be able to make a big if they I don't see Harden going to the Nets, but if they make uh a big trade to go for a power forward. Someone, because if I want Kevin Durant to not play the power forward position, um, in the preseason game, Rui Hachimura, who's a second year player, um, going to second season, um, he killed he killed him in the paint. Um, Kevin Durant just not at four. I don't know what they're talking about him playing at five. I mean, it's possible, but dude, that can't be your main lineup. You need a true four. Nothing to do that, they need to go after LaMarcus Aldridge, aging, but smart.
1: He
0: had a great, he had a good shot, mid-range, but it's effective for him, even though the mid-range is dead because of Kevin Durant. And Kyrie's presence on the court, other teams focus on him. I'd go for LaMarcus Aldridge, so your starting lineup would be Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge, and Jared Allen. Off the bench, you could have, you could, you could. I would say trade Dinwiddie for Aldridge. I don't see Dinwiddie doing any more better. So any better? So I would say trade Dinwiddie, Tyler Johnson, Caris Lovett. Get some, get a small forward. They um they might have something going. And you have Tayon Prince and DeAndre Jordan. That's a pretty big team. That's a pretty cool team. And you never know, DeAndre Jordan, Jared Allen, they might be on the same time at the court. If that happens, that'll be a huge lineup. And not, that's that's how they're gonna beat the Lakers. If they're gonna beat the Lakers, um, Jared Allen, DeAndre on the same time, someone will be able to stay in front of I would put, cause you can put DeAndre on Marcus All because they're both a bit slower and older, and Jared okay. Allen who's young. Was pretty, he's alright for speed against Anthony Davis. I think that'll work out great. Um, I think that, I think that that's a very good possibility. So, that's Lakers, NBA Finals. Um, my predictions, um, and they're pretty obvious predictions, I would say they're, um, my predictions may change in the regular season, but these are predictions for now, um, just because of those reasons. I talked about I mentioned during the whole time I don't see another team pulling out um if the Clippers the Clippers just gotta show up I, I lost faith in the Clippers after last season they played awful every time after one bad game especially by Paul George how to say, next game and do better you play one good game after three bad games and that, that's just not good that's just not consistent for anyone now he won't come in again they lost Jay Crowder who went to Phoenix so Phoenix has some promising pieces with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Deandre and Jay Crowder. This team, um, so Nets and Lakers, that'd be a great finals matchup. Everyone, everyone would love to see that, that'd be amazing. Um, unfortunately, no fans in this stand yet um they might be implementing a bit more vaccine is coming out in america how we, how they're going to handle that we don't know how covid protocol is going to go we don't know how if the vaccine does come out for for player if the players can take the vaccines are they going to be forced to we don't know nba has not announced or showed Talk about those protocols, they not talk about protocols as of now and what's going to happen assuming that there is no vaccine, assuming that COVID cases are stay consistent the way they've been in America which is pretty bad. So the COVID protocols are to make sure the players are safe, that's their number one priority to make sure they don't have COVID and then from that they work on how to make sure travel goes and how long the game goes. Overall, I think this is going to be exciting. The NBA is finally lost stronger in the East now. Um, I think the shift tide has turned a bit. Um, it's, e- it's even compared to the stacked West that it was, actually, and the stacked Golden State team that there was. Now, there's going to be these great duels, great trios, uh, balanced team, different strategies, different styles, running fast, running big, running slow, running three-pointers at like the Rockets last year. Playing a unique game this year. They have John Wall, DeMarcus Cousin, and Harden if he stays. We don't know. Um, preseason, I'm not going to judge off what the preseason is. A lot of bench players playing, and when the starters do play, it's not 100%. It's, preseason not, is not the place to judge. So I think the NBA is going to be exciting this year. Um, the view's been down last year in the bubble, which was pretty bad. But this is it's going to be a ex- very exciting 2020 2021 season. I'm glad that it started on the 22nd of December, and then so we can have those Christmas games too, which I think everyone's going to be looking forward to. But overall, yeah, so we went over the today, we went over this was my first episode of the podcast, Then um, we went over the ESPN Tom Hunter ranking, and we just went over some of the surprises. we been over opening day and Christmas day and predictions for that and how the team's going to go over there. And then we went over for the early predictions for East and West winners over the for the 72-game regular season, who's going to come out, and what are the final matchups going to be. with the championship, I don't know yet. I'm going to have to check. Um, I want to watch some more regular season games to see what happens. So, I'm looking forward to continuing this podcast. I really enjoy talking about basketball. Um, I'm going to be making a baseball podcast next. I'm going to be having a few topics there to go over. Um, but for my next basketball podcast, I'm, it's going to be, I think it's going to be monthly, probably, uh, maybe every three weeks, depending on how the podcast goes and how how this podcast goes. But I'm probably going to go over how the NBA is going, um, any, any breaking news, um, and from there. So, so far as I'm recording this, it is December 16th, um, when it was released, it'll be a bit later, so the news 100% won't be 100% on time or it won't be brand new for viewers, but this is, these, these predictions will stand for a bit um, for me, and I'm excited to express my opinions, express my point of views towards basketball and analyze it some of the basketball players on the basketball teams and I think that this podcast is going to be great for that and I think it's also going to be a team for baseball too but anyway thank you so much and I'll see you next time